Ask the Podcast Coach for August 8th, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. Hey, there it is. It's that music. That means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there from France. How cool is that? It's Craig Hewitt from Castos, or you might also know him from PodcastMotor.com. Craig, how's it going, buddy? Going great. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, Jim, if anybody's like, hey, where's Jim? It is Jim's ninth, his mom's 90th birthday. And his mom was like, COVID schmovid, everybody's coming to my birthday. So that's where Jim is. He will be back. But the cool thing is, Craig has a, he got a new microphone because he was kind of like me. He usually recommends the good old Audio-Technica ATR2100. And you are using a, a Rode, what, what model is it? So this is the uh, Rode NT Mini USB. Awesome. Well, we're going to be playing with that in in just a second. But Craig, if you could grab yourself the old uh, what is that thing called? It's a uh, it's a pitcher, and uh, and <laughs> and and give yourself a a cup of whatever you're drinking. There we go. It's time for the uh, the morning pour, and uh, that of course is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at PodcastBranding.co. And I've been saying something very wrong. I've been saying that Mark has been a graphic artist for 13 years. That, my friend, is wrong. He started podcasting in 2013. That's the great thing about Mark is he understands podcasting. He's been a graphic artist, a, an award-winning graphic artist, for 30 years. Holy cow. Just a little bit of a difference there, Dave. So, But here's uh, we'll, we'll be educational today. Craig, do you know the difference between a logo and artwork because i did not in the in the confines of podcasting or just generally uh in, let's go podcasting oh i would say the artwork is the square image that everybody has in their feed and a logo is something that's associated with your brand oh look so at that look at him go he's got it that's right so uh, an example of this uh, i'm going to date myself kiss destroyer is that before your time craig i don't know yeah um let's go uh, Rolling Stones. All right. They okay. have, they have an album. They have one that's just a pair of pants with a zipper on it. Uh, I'm really dating myself today, but that's the album cover. But probably somewhere on that cover is the good old fashioned tongue, which is the Rolling Stones logo. So one, the album is the artwork. Tongue is the logo. For those of you that remember Kiss Destroyer, well, think about it, any Kiss album has the guys in the makeup, but then they have that special KISS with the, the lightning bolt thing. That's their logo. The album arch is that. If you look at Ted Nugent, again, can, does Dave know anything outside of the 70s? No, he doesn't. He has his album, and then he always has that that weird script for the, the Ted Nugent part. So if you need artwork, Mark's got you covered. If you need a logo, he's got you covered. If you need a website, he makes really, really, really pretty websites. Uh, go over and check him out at podcastbranding.co and uh, tell him that Dave and Craig sent you and uh, he'll, he'll take care of you. And that's the other nice thing about it is if you're looking for like one-on-one personalized attention, Mark will give it to you. So, so Craig, is this the first time you've, you've busted in the, the little road mini mic there? It is. I opened it about 30 minutes ago. So yeah, it's uh, fresh out of the box. Yeah. Is is there any option there to change? Like, is it recording from just the front or the back or the side or? No, uh, there's, there's a dial on the front that's volume. And then there's an input for the USB in the back. 
And yeah. there's a headphone jack if I wanted to listen to myself talk. Well, that makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of the Audio Technica mic in that way. But I think that, Dave, we were talking that we are, I'm actually on vacation right now. And so I had to, I left my normal kind of rig with the boom arm and all this at home. That's hard to travel with. And we're in, I'm in a big kind of living room at a dining room table right now. And I think that's a fair amount to do with that. I'd be very curious to get this mic in my normal room at home. That's like a small room with a bunch of kind of soft surfaces and stuff. Yeah, because I've I've never had a Rode mic, but I hear a lot of good things about them. And we wanted to test this mic to have one to recommend to folks because the Audio-Technica mic, at least the old USB, isn't available. And I, I can't find it anywhere. But this one is available. I got I got one through B&H Photo just last week. So, yeah. Yeah. The last time I checked, B&H had the Samson Q2U, which is... Usually what I recommend for people that are in Europe, because it's hard, I guess, for them to get an, an audio technica. I don't know what the, the hassle is, but it's a lot of times not as available in Europe. Mm, yeah. um, but the other nice thing about uh, Rode stuff, like this is a Rode pod mic. And not only is it a great microphone, I'm here to tell you, you could take somebody out with this thing. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I could sleep next to the bed with this. And if, you know, the enemy comes in, just and you get right to the temple, they're done. So that, <laughs> It'll be uh, it's two, two for the price of one there. So this is supposed to have like a, a pop filter built in, which is a, a big thing. I know like you obviously have a pop filter and something we recommend to everybody. So this is like one less piece of equipment you have to have, but I don't like that. It's you mentioned before, it's pretty far away from me. So I think that's, that's the cause of a lot of headache usually. Yeah. It's always fun. And of course, since we're talking gear, have you heard about the zoom pod track P4 yet, Craig? I have not. No. Oh, this is this is the roadcaster. Of course, is handy because uh, that's where I'm playing all the jingles and things like that. This is kind of like, and I love again. We just said road makes great stuff, and for me, the roadcaster hand down. If somebody goes, look, I'm trying to take phone calls and I want to do remote recording, but I might be, I'm like roadcaster. It does yep. everything. And what this is, it's a little four channel recorder. If you want, it will run on batteries. So if you're talking about going to remote places. That's kind of cool. You can plug four mics into it. You can plug your phone into it via a, your typical TRRR, however many R's are in there, uh, cable. Yep. Uh, and it will be built in uh, mix minus. So that's very much like the, the roadcaster. And you can also plug your computer into it. Now those will replace whatever. So if I had four microphones plugged in and I plug in my phone, on the channel, you have to say, okay, am I listening to the XLR or am I listening to the phone input? So you're never going to have like six people on there at the same, it's four and that's yep. what you're getting. And then you can plug your computer in. So if somebody's on Skype or whatever, you could go that route. And then you can also, there's an output to where you can take your, your, those all assembled together and send them out via stereo to Streamyard or you know Riverside or whatever you're using, and Craig, what would you pay for a lovely device like that? Oh gracious, I don't know, five hundred dollars. I'm sorry, I'm sure, yeah, you've, you've overbid. Try again. Oh wow, three hundred dollars. That's it. It's wow. three hundred bones. And being that the Roadcaster six hundred bucks. I was like, that's, that's a pretty cool deal. And the, so I was like, wait, what are we missing? Cause it also has separate headphone jacks. So you got four headphone yeah, outs. Yeah. Um, the big thing it's missing is the effects. If you think about it, the roadcaster has the, 
the big bottom and the DSer and the noise gate and all that built in. But I was like, if somebody's, my whole thing is I have an H6. I, I see it's my fault. I have a Zoom H6 sitting in my closet, still in the box. And like two weeks ago, I, did I say, is it 200 bucks? I'm, I'm being corrected. See, I told you that the chat room will hold Good, you. Uh, keep, keep you honest, huh? That's it. Let me see here. Somebody send me a link from the chat room. I, maybe it is 200, but I just remember thinking, wow, uh, it's $300 cheaper, but maybe it's, yeah, everybody's telling me it's 199 Well, there you go. I stand corrected. It's 199 even better. And so, plus it has, uh, we have our cute little uh, sound effects kind of stuff. There's there's four pads for those. Now, this one has eight of which I use, you know, one for the intro and one for the outro and the buzzer sound and the applause. So, again, there's four if you think about it. So yeah, one ninety nine. I'm being told. So so that'll be interesting to to see, and that's kind of what I. But I have an H six, and like two weeks ago, I said I should put that on eBay because it's only going to degrade and yeah, and yeah. and and now it's like well, because I used to be the thing. Hey, if you need to record four people, here's an H six. You're you're good to go. And now people are going to go. Oh, I'm just going to spend half that and and get this other thing. So, but here's a question: If you have our jingles old school. If you have one, what's the, like, what do you mean like a jingle? And, and Craig, if you are Craig, Ken, if you want to jump in, ask the podcastcoach.com slash join, we'll, we'll jump you on in. What do you, what do you, is, are you talking your intro? There's a, there's a lot of words there that we could go in the, the wrong direction, but I know I have a weight loss show and I found a, a song where the chorus is, I just want to be thin. And so I got permission from the, it was an independent artist. I got their permission to use it, uh, which is funny because I said I would always link to your site that the band broke up. So I now have a, if somebody goes, I want to buy that song. And I'm like, oh, you kind of can't anymore. But I took it and made a loop out of it. And it's this whole thing about me. It's this like, you are your best, pr- only you can stop you. And today we start our journey and blah, blah. It's this big call to action. It's like 45 seconds long. And I have multiple times said to my audience, that's too long of an intro for, for me. Oh. That, once the, once that's over, then I get into, here's what we're going to talk about today. But it's like as a, as an opening jingle. And, and the reason I haven't changed it is my audience is like, don't you dare. Like when that comes on, like this one woman's like, I recite that with you. I've listened to your show so much. They're dancing it's, in the car with you. It's kind of like my mantra. She's like, cause I, it ends with the new you starts today. And she's like, don't ever channel. Like, okay, I'm not going to, but every time I hear it, I'm like, I'm used to like, Here's the show. Here's what it's about. Boom, we're into it and off you go. So I see Ken is uh, kind of clarified talking about intro sound. So, I mean, what we do like for our show and for a lot of our customer shows, Castos, is, is play music, kind of just the music for like five seconds, maybe, and then fade the music down and run it under the intro for whatever the intro is, usually 20 seconds or something like that, and then fade it out entirely as they come into usually the main episode segment typically is what we do. So, so Ken, you're looking at a couple seconds of just music and then a little bit like very soft music under you doing the intro, or if you have a voiceover person doing the intro and, and then just fade that out as the main episode segment starts. That's what we do. There's not a right answer. I don't think 45 seconds seems like a long time, but Dave, it sounds like you got the rabid following that, that you've been doing it that way for so long. Yeah. I, I reviewed a show last night that did, it's a pet peeve of mine. And it's something I refer to as music for the sake of nothing. And mm. so it was literally like you hit play and you heard. <laughs> and you're like waiting for the voiceover to come in and like. 
Yeah. No. no. And then it did this. And then the show started. So it was actually just like, oh, we need intro music. Okay, here's some. Let's use this. And it, it came on and then they just faded it out. I'm like, what was the point of that? So yeah. I'm always, because I, I like, I get theme music. I mean, I'm if I hear, I don't know, the Cheers theme or or going back to the days of Johnny Carson, or I used to love the Roots. The Roots, see, there's an example. The Roots had this cool, hey, 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 hey thing they did with Jimmy Fallon. And all of a sudden they try to turn the Tonight Show into a YouTube channel, basically. And it went from this like 30 seconds and you'd have the announcer going, tonight's Jimmy show is Alec Baldwin. Da, 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 and they're doing their hey, hey, hey thing. And all of a sudden it, it, they got like one hey, hey, and that was it. And it was in and Jimmy's was to the monologue in like, hmm. it, it's like they almost cut it out. It was like, we need to get to the Jimmy jokes. And I'm like, why? That's usually not the best part. Of the show. Yeah. Yeah. But Everybody likes to get to the point. I'm trying behind the scenes, trying to find a link to the, and it may not be, I know it's not available. I think it's available for pre-order. People are talking about the, and it's pod. And I thought this was interesting. They used, I think, I don't think they're going to run into a uh, problem with the name. Yeah, here it is. It's 199 trying oh, to you mean with the pod track analytics service yeah i was like yeah. i'm like hey that i could see them because in theory even though they spelled it differently they could still kind of say i had somebody who had a show called it was the lehigh valley something cast oh i forget what it was but it turns out there was a maybe the the valley cast or something it turned out there was a a company that had that name but he spelled it differently but it sounded the same. And they were like, we're going to release the hounds if you don't change your name. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, that's why it's now audio gumshoe. It's like, right. I, and I was surprised. I had somebody this week that had, had been, and I won't say the names here to protect the guilty, uh, but they had a, a podcast name apparently did no zero kind of, uh, research on the name and again somebody released the hounds and said that's our trademark you can't use that name and i thought it was really interesting because then they said oh we want to we we have to change everything so they had to almost start a, a whole new account and i said great what's the new name and they gave me a name of a friend of mine's podcast and i was like mm, somebody mm, is not do your research <laughs> not learning here oh, i just thought that was uh, i mean i think the lesson there like if it's a podcast name or a business name or a charity or whatever just google what you want to call it i mean that that's what we did both for when we kind of named castos and we named our our podcast audience it is like type that into google and then type that into apple podcasts and see what comes up and i'll tell you Dave, the one thing we learned with with Castos that's beneficial is it's unique. There's nothing else like that. That's good and bad. It's bad because people say, what what the heck is a Castos? Right. <laughs> and the answer like is it doesn't mean anything in particular. The the thing we learned with audience is it is a word that is in a lot of kind of marketing and podcast growth type podcasts or episodes. And so we get a little like negative ambiguity score, I would say there of like, it's not a really descriptive name, like ask the podcast coach, where if somebody typed that in, they a hundred percent would get the show. So I just, yeah, 
just my two cents on naming is you want it to be kind of short if you can, I think, but you want it to be descriptive more than anything. Um, yeah. is what we've seen. That's always been my thing. If, if you go up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm doing a show called blank. What do you think it's about? And they actually get it right. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good name. But when it's yeah. like, oh, I'm doing a show called black fan and you're like, okay, is it about like fans like ceiling fans and then, or it's like, no, it's about, and then you, they explain it and you're like, yeah, I never would have guessed that. So, or with this pod track example that it's easy to say out loud and somebody knows how to spell it because right. There's three different ways we can spell track like this, right? Ne- neither track DRAC or this pod track like zoom is someone running around in an oval. Yeah. Or, so. or, or, or you could have even the joy and I'm telling you the joy of having the name Libsyn. Which is short for liberated syndication, but it's also Libsync, Lisbon. It's just like Lisbon, uh, the one I hear all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, that's close. You're, boy, so close, but not. Yeah. Or Blueberry. I don't mean back. Those are the two kind of OG podcast companies. Like, I don't know. There were a lot of good names available back then. I don't know why they didn't. Uh... Well, and at the time, of course, <laughs> that's when, and I, I guess, I don't know if they're still evil. But back then, E's were evil, and if they were in your name, you 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 had to get rid of them. And okay. I've never never quite and and it was cool at the time, but that was whatever fifteen years ago, something like that. And, yeah. and you you ready for the the magic of Streamyard? We've been lying this entire time. It says episode three hundred five. It's technically there. It is. Oh, Boom. Feels so, feel so much better. <laughs> Holy cow! So why do you use Streamyard for for live streaming? I used StreamYard. Well, I used to use Google, whatever it was called, Hangouts. Hmm. And it was cool. And it went away. And somebody said, have you tried? There was another one, Vocal, V-O-K-L, I think, if I remember right. Because, okay. again, E's are evil. and gotta yeah. Have, yeah. It's got to um, be so hard I can't spell it. But it's yeah. short and cool sounding. Yeah. And uh, so I found StreamYard. They have a free version. I pay for it. And it does the cool thing where I can take this and oh, see now we're getting some feedback on it, like casting and so major day so i can put things up like that i've got the little ticker tapey thingies they keep adding more stuff to it so like we're going to be talking about my awesome supporters but i can put some of their names down here at the bottom and stream that across and cool I can, and i can say oh yeah and if you forget craig is from castos.com and podcastmotor.com and uh, castos has been around since 2017 yep and what is, are, are you a coder by trade or what's, uh, what, what inspired you to, to start? And I say this is Dave from the school of podcasting, not Dave from lips and like, why, why did you start? A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been in the podcasting world for five and a half years. So I guess 2050, the first part of 2015, I started podcast motor. Uh, and so folks who don't know podcast motor is kind of a done for you editing and production service. So kind of, you record the episode, send it to us. We have a team of audio engineers that do the audio. We have a team of writers that writes the show notes, and then we publish it to your website and your hosting platform. And so a couple of years after starting that, actually a customer of ours emailed me and said, hey, a friend of mine owns this WordPress plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting. He just got a job with Automatic, and oh. Automatic has some rules about having other WordPress-related products and they don't allow you to monetize any of those. And so he was like, hey, I'm going to be busy with this new job. 
I can't do anything other than kind of maintain this. I'd love to put it in somebody's hands who can kind of take take the plugin forward. And so we bought the plugin and built the hosting platform around that. To answer your question, I'm not a developer. I have a background in sales, actually. So I guess I'm like a marketer. Yeah, that's kind of that's the short version of the origin story. Now, if I'm not using WordPress, then can I? Because you you said because I don't know. Yep. Anything. Yeah, I can use Castos without WordPress. Yep. Yeah. So for the first six or eight months, you could only use WordPress. So we had that integration with Serious Simple Podcasting, and then yeah, whatever two and a half years ago or something, we had, we we allowed you to use Castos by itself, and so it's yeah, you can use it as a standalone hosting platform. If you would like, and I think right now, most of our customers use WordPress just because it's really nice. Like if you have WordPress site for your podcast or if your podcast is a part of a bigger site, like for ours, like castos.com is on WordPress. It's our marketing site for our business, but we also have a podcast. So it's nice to just manage all of our content in one place. You just upload your file there and the file goes to Castos, but you're publishing your episodes from WordPress. Yeah, it's the one thing I didn't realize because there's a couple services popping up. One is PodPage, and the other one I think is Podcast Page. And these are pretty slick tools where you throw in your RSS feed, it pulls in your information, puts a player on the website, and then you can kind of customize it from that. And I was talking to to Mark from PodcastBranding.co. He goes, "People need to realize though, yeah, those are quick, they're easy, and they look pretty good." He goes, but if you decide later that this doesn't do everything you need it to do, you can't take it with, there's no export with WordPress. You can basically export it. It typically, if you want to move to another platform or something like that, like I know Wix, you can import a WordPress stuff and things like that. So it, it does make it a little more flexible to, to take your website with you with these other ones. I think you'd be doing a lot of copying and pasting, which that's always nothing more fun than a a night of Netflix and, and copying and pasting. And and then I mean, I I think, you know, we were talking about this before, like you can always kind of change your host and redirect your feed and all that. And that's all fine. Like podcasts are relatively portable in that sense. But if you kind of think that you should have a home base for your podcast, that is not Apple podcasts or Spotify, which is, how it should be is it should be mypodcast.com is where you want all of your people to go. And if that's built on another platform, and like you say, Dave, you leave that platform, you can't 301 all those links to another place, yeah. probably, that's, which is what you would want to do. Yeah. Otherwise, all that Google juice you've you've earned is yeah. just going to, you know, Google's going to hit that a couple of times and go, well, that's weird. That website doesn't exist anymore. And they're not going to send people there. Yeah, uh, anymore. And they're not going to try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and you just said a magic word, Apple podcast, as I record this, hopefully they have this solved. But if you were thinking there was a problem with your podcast, because, hey, I've published on whatever platform you are, and it's not showing up in Apple podcast, they are looking into that from what I understand. Hopefully it's solved by the time you hear this. But it was, they were taking their good sweet time. And this is where it gets confusing because you have the store slash search view. So if you're on the app, it's search. If you're in Apple iTunes, if you're still on a PC, that's the store view. That is always, and I mean always, about 24 hours behind. So when you release a podcast, it'll take hours for it to update. But we're, I, let me rephrase that, up to 24 hours behind. It's not typically, but but the fun thing, and then if you subscribe to your show, and this is why you want your audience to subscribe, number one, they're going to get your your information a whole lot quicker. And 
The other thing is then they can also see all of your episodes. Apple only displays the last 300. If you got 400 episodes and they subscribe, they get those extra 100. But this week they were taking their good sweet time. So Craig and I were talking before we started. We had many a ticket this week on people saying it's not an Apple yet. So there, that is, uh, like I said, hopefully been fixed. And the other one is that just came out. I saw Todd Cochran talking about this is Amazon slash audible somewhere is going to have podcasting. Yeah. And it was, it both. Was, yeah. It, both, places. both. Yeah. Nice. And it's funny because they went to Todd Cochran and said, Shh, don't tell anybody. And then everybody and their brother got an email saying, Hey, click this link and submit your show. And for anyone using Libsyn, we've already told you, here's how to submit to Apple. There's just a button inside Libsyn. You click on it, click on an approve and add and boom, and you're done. So if you're in Libsyn, don't follow the directions in the Amazon email. Just go into Libsyn and go into destinations. If you're not using Libsyn, then follow the directions there. But I'm, I'm get the sneaking suspicion because Spotify did the same thing and people went into to Libsyn added Spotify and then Spotify said, Hey, everybody, you can come in now. Here's the link. And so Libsyn users would do that, add it. And all of a sudden you've now got two listings of your show in Spotify, which was fun. So that's, that's good. So do you know anything else besides, I I know I saw it was just Amazon slash audible. I'm assuming Amazon music. If they're trying to do like the Google, Oh, that's the other thing. Google play music is officially dead now. So Hallelujah to that. Can't be more confusing. God. Yeah. No, but, but Google Play Music is dead, but all of those have been ported to YouTube music, not yeah. to Google Podcasts. Is that? I thought I heard James Cridlin say that. And I remember when he did that, yeah. it was kind of like, wait, what? They get it together. <laughs> it's Google. You should know. Put everything in one place. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, it wouldn't be hard for them to just have Google Podcasts and then have podcasts as a part of YouTube. Like, just. Yeah, you have all the same data. It's all on the same whatever servers. Just put it all there. Yeah, yeah that would be great. And then also you could because I know in Google Podcasts you can go in, much like in Spotify and Stitcher and Apple, and see how far people have listened. So yeah. again, if you get podcast in two places, you might be missing some of those hmm. stats. To where I just I don't know. You need yeah. like it's like oh Google, you're. You're so cute in your quirky little ways. <laughs> we have some, uh, Dan has some insights here on YouTube. Google Play Music libraries are transferred to YouTube Music. Yeah, because that would just make way too much sense. I, I did that and didn't see any podcast transfers over. Just the music. Well, that would be good. Podcasts are just pushing Google Podcasts. Okay, well, that's, if, if they can so get... Google that. Podcasts is just, Google Play for podcasts is just gone? I don't know. Google Play... Yeah, it sounds like Google Play. So my guess would be they took Google Play Music and moved that to YouTube Music. And then Google Podcasts, hopefully, they've now put into the Google Podcast part. So, But that was the other thing is if you, because Google spent a a lot of time, in some cases, indexing the wrong feeds, which was great fun, but they, they did go out and scrape the internet for podcasts. So there's a really good chance that... Your show's already in Google Podcasts. So when they sent out the thing and said, hey, we're killing Google Play Music, there's a really good chance you're already in Google Podcasts. Yeah. If not. So that's, again, again, it's like, yay. On one hand, yay for them to to update and move forward. On the other hand, it's it's confusing. So yeah. what are you going to do? But uh, hey, what is people, I, I have a group of people who are not confused and I like to refer to them. How's that for a transition? 
as my awesome supporters. If you would like to be an awesome supporter, you can go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. How awesome are they? We're talking. Well, first of all, they still have the teacher's pet open. If you need some one-on-one consulting at a discounted rate, you can find that again over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. But we always thank our $20 supporters. So we're talking about awesome people. Oh, oh I forgot. Holy cow, Craig. We have a, a brand new uh, supporter at the $5 level. And when it's a new person, we give them the, the extended shout out. And this is a really interesting concept. Uh, it's IndieDropIn.com. And not dot com. So I have a typo in the slide. Well done, Dave. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> it's indiedropin.com. And it's I'm not sure how this is gonna work because you go over and you upload your show. You're an indie podcast. And the idea is they're gonna go find a bunch of like listeners and then somehow throw some ads in between these different shows. Hmm. So their job is to Hey, you people that like indie podcasts, we've got the best. You upload your now. They're not a media host, but it's somehow they're gonna. It's almost like a a variety show where they they have these feeds and they're gonna like. Oh, you're a sports podcaster. We'll put you in this thing. So it's I need to look at it a little more. So the because I was like, well, that's interesting. What's the business model? Well, you guessed it. They're going to run ads against your show or your episode. So the the idea is they make money by getting listeners and advertising to those listeners. You gain exposure for this. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So I need to to uh, look at it a little more, but IndieDropIn.com. Thanks for being a brand new supporter. But the other regular supporters, we have Carl over at LifeInTheCarolinasPodcast.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Josh Liston. He is not your typical uh, career coach. Find him at tipsoftheslung.com. Kim Craggy, if you want to get your Toastmasters on, and if you're like, I've always heard about Toastmasters, don't quite understand it, check her out, toastmasters101.net. Shane at spybrary.com. If you like spy stuff, check out spybrary.com. Ed Sullivan over at sonniccupcake.com. So if you like, I don't know, can't decide... Ready to get your stuff edited? Well, of course, you could always go see Craig at podcastmotor.com or this Ed site makes me hungry. SonicCupcake.com. Ed can take care of you as well. Max Trescott over at aviationnewstalk.com. Greg, if you want to get your uh, finances in order, you can find him over at debtshepherd.com. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, it's super easy. Just go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, thanks to everyone for that. So. This is where, okay, cool. So yeah, I haven't, I, I want to play with that indie drop-in. I saw that and I was like, hmm, that's a different model. I wonder what the allure would be for listeners. That sounded, as you're describing that, that sounded to me like the, I understand like as a podcaster, I would love to put my stuff out there for them to find more listeners. But as a listener, I would say like, why would I, I guess the matching algorithm would have to be really good for me to say, I want to listen to shows about this. And I think they can get me more high quality shows than I can find by myself. That's it. To have to, to have to have ads in the podcast when there wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah, I know uh, there's, is it good pods? Because I know there's good reads mm. and, and somebody came up with good pods. And my first question was, do I have to use your app to, to do this? Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, but I said, because you will, you will pry overcast from my, my cold dead hands. And, <laughs> Likewise, yeah. And they said, oh, well, you can share into good pods. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. 
and I've tried it twice and twice it just was like bleh. so not not quite ready for that feature yet but I was like eh, okay it's worth the worth a shot let's see here I had oh we just read that uh here's a fun one Craig have you ever done a show with a co-host but yeah I have my own podcast which is kind of like a entrepreneur business kind of podcast called rogue startups. We have 225 episodes we've done. How did you pick your co-host? He was the third guest on my show. It started as a, an interview show and he was like my third or fourth guest. And a couple episodes after that, he was like, Hey, that was a lot of fun. We should do that more often. And 200 episodes later, here we are. That's kind of how I, I, Jim, I was doing this show. I was testing blog talk radio back in the day is how the show was born. And uh, I was doing a couple of stuff and it was just me. And of course, if you're doing a call-in show, you need an audience. And when I first started, this show did not have an audience. And uh, so Jim one day was like, you kind of look like you're struggling. Like you want, like, you want me to hop in? And, and I was like, oh, I've never done a co-host thing. But in this case, Brian says, um, this is from a Facebook group. Has anybody started a podcast, had a strong vision for the direction you wanted to go with? You choose a co-host and then you have them go almost rogue and start doing things you never talked about. I have one who is very particular about the audio as in really uptight about things that couldn't really be corrected in the early stage. I relented sending the audio saying, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make any crazy changes, but I'd let him check the edits. I then relented to let him make the changes he wanted. Then he cut the intro and the outro without telling the audience I was on vacation. That's interesting. I'm going on vacation, but wasn't when we went behind, when he went behind my back and Mm -hmm. did it that way. I went ahead and published the episode. Okay. I went ahead, published the episode too frustrated. I think he means too, ooh, as in T-O-O, too frustrated Mm -hmm. to change it. I want to cut him loose. So thoughts. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is tough. I mean, I think having a, a co-host on a podcast, especially if you, you have a, a good number of episodes or you've been doing it for a while is, is like a marriage or like a business partnership is it's probably worth at least putting all of this in a Google doc and, or an email and say, we're going to agree on this and this and this, of course, it's not binding. It's just, just a podcast, but, but at least you, you kind of are on the same page and you've clarified all these things up front before everybody gets mad. Right. Cause then, then it's really hard at this point where Brian is. Yeah. Daniel yeah. says, I had some co-hosts that I let do their own thing and they started releasing morally contradictory information from our main show. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. and, and that's the tricky part. And like you said, it doesn't have yeah. to be a yeah. legal document, but yeah, Dave says we need a prenup. You kind of do. And uh, this is one of those things where I was watching, you ever watch Bar Rescue? It's on the Paramount Network, so it's you have to look for it a bit. The fun part is, it's always like he just saved this bar. It was a mom and a son. And mom didn't want to release control to the son because she still sees him as her little baby. And when you, if you have an uncomfortable conversation, it's uncomfortable for, I don't know, a minute and a half, maybe four minutes. But on the other side of that, you're in a much better place. And that's a lot of bar rescue is, is the bartender and the staff, either the staff saying you're an idiot or whatever it is. But on the other side, a, everybody knows what's expected. So you're the manager. Now you're this, you're that. And everybody now just do their jobs and make sure you have the systems in place to do all that. But you're right. By having a Google doc, I always say, 
just list like, okay, I'm going to do the editing. You're going to do the social media. So-and-so is going to do the website. If there's any money involved, you got to figure out who gets what and how much and yep. who, who owns the show. But yeah, it's, it's tricky, but it is, and it, it's awkward. It really is. I mean, Jim and I have had that conversation and about every year, year and a half. I'd be like, are we still good? And he's like, yep, it's your show. Do with it, whatever you want. I'm just here to have fun and talk. And I'm like, okay, because if he ever wants to change it, you got to have that conversation. And, and it is, it's awkward at the time, but once you're through it, well, then you're actually free to just go back to making all the, the, the fun stuff at that point. And I think it's easier to have those conversations when everyone's rational and not upset. If Brian tries to have that conversation now, of course, there's all this animosity and stress on both sides. So it's just not a productive, more difficult to have a productive conversation at this point, I think. Yeah, this it's always fun seeing what's in my notes because I name them and I go, wait, what was this? This was from Jonathan. He got an email from Anchor and it said, hey there. We're writing to notify you that we found evidence of potentially infringing content in your podcast, whatever it was called. As a result, uh, it has been taken down per our terms of service. We take action on potentially infringing podcasts to protect legal entities and our users from formal copyright claims, which to me sounds like he was playing music. If you have any further questions about the legality of content in your podcast, we suggest reaching out to a legal specialist directly. Thank you for your understanding, Anchor Trust and Safety. So without any warning, they just took it down. They just took it down. So Jonathan was not happy. He said, I thought I would launch a podcast on Anchor to see if it lived up to the hype and whether I would recommend it to my audience. I'm thinking he's not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Uh, He said, within two hours of going through the trouble of launching the podcast trailer and getting the warm fuzzies, I got this email saying it was taken down. I posted a a two-minute trailer with no, in capital letters here, no music. How is that even possible? Imagine having your work tied up in a company that will shut you down completely with a form email that simply says, thanks for understanding. To be clear, I do not understand. There is no way I was in violation of anything. (laughs) This is a huge red flag. Even YouTube gives you three strikes. They blacklisted you and make you jump through ticket support hoops to get back. But wow. So everybody pay attention. I've never heard of, of, I've heard of people being taken down, but you usually get a warning shot of some sort. Yeah, I sure would think so. I mean, like the, the, the big one that I see is Spotify takes a lot of shows down for music because kind of like SoundCloud in the day, like they're they're the only kind of crossover music podcast platform, the biggest one at least. And so they're big on taking shows down that have infringing music on it from a from a distribution perspective. But from a platform perspective, I sure think they would want to do you the favor of at least saying like, hey, just see we had a we had a claim against your show or we noticed this thing, our algorithm said whatever. Please take it down, replace the media file, whatever. Yeah, three strikes is really reasonable. Yeah, it's. I know Rob uh, Walsh from Libsyn was saying that we've gotten more takedown notices, I think it was last Friday, than we have in the previous 16 years. <laughs> like, like, so I don't know what's yeah. going on at the RIAA, but they're... And also Anchor or, or Spotify, even if you do a show on like the local St. Louis blues scene and it's all independent people. There's no record labels involved. They've all given you permission to play their music. They still don't want you to do that show because they, they want people, if you're going to listen to music and that's over here, 
This yep. is a podcast. They're they're yep. kind of weird about that, but it's their platform. So, yep. and I know some people are like, well, that's not cool. I'm like, it's their platform. They don't. There's there's no rule that says everybody gets to be there. So, hey Dave, how about this uh, from Gabrielle? I think yeah. I heard seventy percent of podcasts on Anchor are dormant. You you mentioned James Cridlin. I thought I saw something in Pod News recently where yeah. he or someone else had done a a bit of research about this. Do you have the data there? Yeah, he, let me see it. Cause I was on the podcasters roundtable with uh, Ray Ortega and that was the article I picked up. I'm trying, I'm launching Slack behind the scenes here to see if I can. No, it's okay. And um, I think that, I mean, I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give folks here. I'll, I'll give my perception on this as some background while you're searching is that I think anchor in a way makes it so easy and it's free for people to start a show that it reasons that there are more shows that have five podcasts and then five episodes and then stop than a service like Libsyn or like Castos or like Simplecast or whatever, where you have to pay whatever, even if it's 10 or 20 bucks a month to keep your show alive. If it's free, then it stands to reason. And I think they cater to more beginners that there would be more dormant shows there than there would be as a, as a representative of the whole of the industry. Yeah. 20% or less of anchor shows have 10 or less episodes. So Nobody's making it very far over there. 10 or uh, more episodes. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah. 20, 20, so less than 20%. And then where's the other stat I had here? 50% of anchor shows. Yes. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. My number here, let me go to the, the actual article, but he basically kind of, he, he did one thing that I was like, eh, and that was, he was saying that Todd Cochran had said that if you look at all, as in all from the beginning of time podcasts, like 70% have pod faded. Well, yeah, so did Seinfeld and Cheers and MASH and come on now. I, I, I don't think that's a fair comparison because let's, let's take how long Anchor's been around and compare that to how many podcasts yep. in that same time period. Yep. That I think, I think that would be more of a, yeah, my favorite, I had a, I took a screenshot. There was a podcast. It was like podcast consulting. It was on an anchor. It was on anchor and they did one episode. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, well, that kind of answers, answers that one. But yeah, I, I get a lot. I don't know if you do. I get a lot of people from anchor that it, it's almost, and, and I say this in a loving way. It's almost like anchors, like the, the training wheels of podcasting. It's a free way to see, Hey, do I really want to do this? Was this fun to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. And when they're like, okay, well, we're ready to go. We're going to go get a real host now and, and go that route. And I know James did some, some research. And I need to look into this because I know Spotify just had some sort of, apparently they, they put their reports on how profitable they are. Cause I'm like, they're spending gazillions of dollars. How, how much money is coming in? Because my whole thing is granted Spotify brought, they bought anchor, but anchor still has to be losing money because a, they, their business model was we're going to bring in money through sponsors and I've talked to a bunch of people that are on anchor and they all have the same sponsor. It's anchor. So the one thing that's supposed to be bringing in money is, and they're paying you a whopping, I think penny per download. So I'm like, that's, that's not making them any money. And so, but James had shown how apparently it's weird because, because we have these shows that a aren't getting many downloads and B they're quitting their bandwidth bill would be just like a drop in the bucket compared to what they're paying to stream all the music anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, I get that, but I'm still like, as a business person, I'm like, I don't want anything that's draining money out of my bank account. So that's interesting. I mean, I think that you see, yeah, like Spotify with Anchor and Gimlet and other, you know, producers that they've bought. And then you look at uh, Pandora with AdWiz and Simplecast, like this vertical integration by acquisition in the industry is really interesting. I think that it makes a lot of sense if you can more tightly integrate hosting and monetization and distribution or, or consumption, I guess. For people that are in that stack, I think it will do really good because, I mean, part of this, what we talked about earlier is that it's so, a lot of the industry is so disparate. You host here and you distribute there, but only, you know, 2% of the people listen in Overcast and that has no connection to anything else. And I think if you compare it to something like YouTube, um, where everything is in one vertical and they, they know and they control the whole thing, like for everybody's sake, it's in a lot of ways easier. For advertisers, they know more, so they're more confident to to bet, to, to place advertisements there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think generally a lot of this is good for the industry to get more confidence for advertise, big advertisers to come in. I would love to hear from mattresses.com or whatever. Some of these people that spend millions of dollars in podcast advertising to, to see what kind of real metrics they have on it, because I... The, yeah. My book is five, a book coming out next month called Profit from Your Podcast. And I believe it's actually coming out because it's been pushed back twice. Thank you, COVID, because my publisher is running on like a skeleton crew. But they actually asked me like, where do you want your, like I get, I forget how many books I get for for, for free. So, that yeah. actually, so I'm like, oh, they're shipping me books. I, I think this actually means this is going to go live this time. And one of the examples I give is LegalZoom. And LegalZoom was working with Midroll. And they did like a month. And after like a month, they're like, this is going nowhere. Like, we're just, we're lighting our money on fire. Like, we is there any way we can get out of this? And they're like, okay, fine. And they did. And then they went another month and called them back mm-hmm. and said, we have to, like, I don't know what you guys are doing over there, but holy cow. And what it was is, is they were looking too soon and they don't realize that, I mean, I have podcasts on my phone from, I remember it was um, in July, I listened to Malcolm Gladwell from December. Like, because I remember he's talking about Christmas and I'm like, wow, Christmas in July, how, how fun is this? And it's the same thing. So they didn't realize that a lot of their audience, it was going to take them a while to get to those episodes. And when they did, it, it finally started kicking in. They're like, so can we turn that back on? Like, whatever you do, don't turn that off. Yeah. But it, it took them a while to, to bring it back on. So sometimes the, the effects of podcasting take a while to, it's like any other thing. I mean, that's why you see the same ad over, over and over on TV, whatever it is. It's, you have to hear a message seven times seven or times something. Or, yeah. 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 To do that. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of advertisers just want more data than they can currently get. And I think that's what this vertical integration could do. It's, yeah. The the thing I was makes me scratch my head on that is I realized that with Facebook, you can tell like scary. What day, yeah, what Dave <laughs> had for breakfast on the second Tuesday <laughs> of the month when there's a full moon. And uh, instead it's but in the meantime, podcasting is outperforming almost everything on the planet because of the relationship that the host has with the audience. And I'm like, so why are we like they're like, oh, well, we've got to move everybody to streaming. Like, forget this download stuff because we can't get the data. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's already outperforming magazine, mm, music, yeah. and TV, and like, but they 
uh, that's one of the things where I'm like, Facebook, mm, doggone you. So I, I get their point, but I'm like, in the meantime, it's it's still working better than than everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I haven't let you talk about yet. Tell us about your podcast. I, I'm here's the one thing I thought was really cool. Your podcast, the one is audience, and if somebody goes, how Craig is having a because of my podcast story right now Be, because of his podcast, I was like. And the next time Jim is on vacation, I got to have this guy come on the show because <laughs> I really like that podcast. And what I was really surprised, and I forget how I found it, but I saw it was one word. And I was like, ooh, I wonder how this is going to work because Apple search, not the greatest kids. And I was typed in audience and boom, there you were. So that worked really well. And I really like the show. So tell if, if nobody's ever heard audience, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we started audience uh, really just at the end of last year, and which was two and a half years into running the business, which is a little embarrassing, but but I guess better late than never. But but really, the goal was to to build a podcast about podcasting, and a lot of behind the scenes stuff of like how we built the podcast, especially those first few episodes. A lot of kind of one on one stuff of mics and mic technique, and what the hell is an RSS feed and. And all this kind of stuff. And now it's turned into a, a bit more about like a bit more of the advanced stuff about like uh, promoting your podcast in an authentic and effective way, how to monetize your podcast. We had Jeff Umbro from Podglomerate on. I don't know if you know Jeff. He's uh-uh. what, yeah, what is there's pod- one that you should we were talking about finding folks from from outside the normal networks. Yeah. Podglomerate? Podglomerate, yeah. Okay. They're a uh, a podcast network that also does like monetization and promotion independent of their network. Yeah. But yeah, so so we have uh, a couple of different formats. We have a bit of me kind of monologuing about, you know, podcast 101 or 201 kind of stuff. Uh, we have a fair amount of interviews with people that we think really kind of do a particular thing well in podcasting, like Jeff. And then we just started kind of highlighting some of our customers that are new podcasters, which I think is really cool because I don't know, Dave, if you feel like this, but like I've been in podcasting for like five years, which is a really long time in the podcasting world. And and I feel like we all get a little kind of stale sometimes because we know, you know, we know a lot. We don't know everything. We know a lot about the tech and the setup and everything, but, but to hear somebody's journey, who's just getting started and the things they did or didn't do or enjoy or, like their goals is really refreshing and interesting. And I'm learning a ton by talking with, you know, our customers that have five episodes out. So yeah, that's what the show is all about. We release every Thursday and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I host a, a local, it's a virtual now, but it, it used to be an in-person meetup once a month, the Northeast Ohio podcasters meetup. And half the reason I did that is a, it got me, physically in front of either my target audience or, or it would also gave me a way to kind of see what people were, were stuck on and things like that. But it was always fun. If somebody walked in, they're like, yeah, this is my first time here. I'm thinking of starting a podcast. I'm not, and it was great because everybody there had input for this person to, and, and usually it was just getting them to jump in the water. They're like, ah, I'm really worried about mm, this. And they're like, no, forget about it. It's going to, your first episode's going to suck. Do it anyway. And <laughs> we're all just jumping in, things like that. So yeah, it's always great to, to get that. Cause you forget that Gabri- Gabrielle wants to know is audience on Stitcher? It is. Yep. Yeah. I'll, all, uh, we're I'll all, look it up here real quick. And I think it's castos.com slash audience. Slash or slash audience. Pod. Yep. Okay. There we go. 
So yeah, it's, uh, it's, and I did the thing. It's like, I, I always tell people, this is what happens. I found your podcast, listen to like one or two episodes. They were all good. And I went into overcast my favorite button and said all, and it said, do you want to download all whatever it was, 36 episodes? And I'm like, yes, please do. And so the other one I just recently found is called the business of podcasting hosted by Charlie Valor, V-A-L-H-E-R, who does Valor Media. And Charlie's kind of fun because he's been, I don't know how long he's been doing the show, but apparently he started off and did a show and kind of just did it about everything. Like, here's here's what Charlie's interested in this week. So he he refers a lot in his older episodes about, yeah, when I started, here's, and he just has, I think he did an episode like, here are the the nine things I did that were really stupid when I started my podcast. Because uh, he's, yeah. he's got kind of a marketing background. He's a Facebook ads and Instagram kind of thing. And so that's, I think, his bread and butter. But now he's, he's because he's a marketing person, obviously sees the the power of podcasting. So, but anyway, well, if you are uh, watching live, stick around. We've got some post show coming up. But Craig, I told you the hour goes by really, yeah, really quick. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But uh, you can check out uh, Castos at castos.com. If you want, you can go to supportthisshow.com slash Castos. That is my affiliate link if you want to check it out. And uh, we should talk about your business model because I looked at that and I was like, wait, how does, like, what? Because it seems like you can do like, just everybody come on in. Doesn't matter how many days. I was like, wow, that's, that's different. That's kind of cool. And uh, if you need your podcast editor, check out uh, podcastmotor.com. Craig will, as he mentioned earlier, will get you uh, taken care of whether you need show notes or audio editing, things like that. Craig, anything else we should plug on our, our way out the door here for you? Yeah. And I just wanted to let you know that we put together kind of a special offer for listeners of the show. If you just go to castos.com slash podcast coach. Ah. We're giving a, a special deal there. So yeah, go check it out. We'd love to help out anybody who, who wants to check out Castos. Beautiful. Anything coming on audience in the future or any podcast you want to plug? Uh, yeah, we have, we've just hired a, a new director of podcaster success, Matt Medeiros. And so he's going to be coming on the show here in a couple of weeks. So it'll be fun to have uh, another really seasoned podcaster uh, along with myself on the show to kind of like this bat around podcasting topics. Some ideas. So that's, a big, that's the big change coming. There we go. Well, thank you to, uh, again, the awesome supporters. If you want to be an awesome supporter, go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Thanks to Mark over at podcastbranding.co. On the School of Podcasting this week, I'm going to look at, hmm, what if Patreon gets sued to oblivion and goes out of business? Where do I move my stuff? So I actually looked at a bunch of Patreon kind of replacements, alternatives, and the pros and cons. And that'll be on the School of Podcasting. So uh, stick around. We've got some post show coming up right after this. 